Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living A Course in Miracles. This is season five, and it's called The Book Club. We're on chapter 16, continued. Welcome back. The special relationship causes much conversation and scrutiny in my book clubs. It's hard to consider that we should have no special relationships and that any relationship we set up as special is an ego relationship and one in which we let the bodies be more important than spirits. Special relationships are any relationships that we can say we love this person more than other people. The first thing that comes up in my groups is we're talking about spouses and children and boyfriends and girlfriends and parents and siblings. People will ask, is the book saying that these cannot be more important or special than my relationship with, say, a coworker or even a mailman? In essence, yes, that is exactly what the book is saying. Perfect love has no specialness attached to it. You feel it for everyone you encounter and in the same way. Special relationships set up are setups for pain, loss, and grief. Special relationships change the way we should see those people from equal to others to above all others. That is not how God sees us. That is not how Christ sees us. They only ask that we do the same. So as you can see, my voice sounds very different. I am struggling with laryngitis and I almost um, put this off for another few days before I decided to tape it. This is day five for me with uh, laryngitis. So clearly sound, you don't know this, but I do sound much better than I did even yesterday. Uh, So I thought I would take a crack at it. So bear with me. So today we will continue with chapter 16, which is called the forgiveness of illusions. I will cover the following sections the bridge to the real world, the end of illusions, and that'll end chapter 16. We'll launch into chapter 17, forgive, which is called forgiveness in the holy relationship, uh, bringing fantasy to truth, the forgiven world, and shadows of the past is my goal. If I fall short, I will tell you that, and then um, I'll continue with that into whatever I missed in two weeks' time. So let us begin. So in my book, the book that I'm using today, of Course in Miracles, it's on page 345, and it's called The Bridge to the Real World. Paragraph one, sentence one says, the search for the special relationship is the sign that you equate yourself with the ego and not with God. For the special relationship has value only to the ego. To the ego, unless a relationship has special value, it has no meaning, for it perceives all love as special. Paragraph two, love is freedom. To look for it by placing yourself in bondage is to separate yourself from it. For the love of God, no longer seek for union in separation, nor for freedom in bondage. As you release, so will you be released. Forget this not, or love will be unable to find you and comfort you. Okay, so I feel compelled to stop right here. This paragraph two, paragraph one and two kind of sums it up. And basically what this is trying to tell us is that when we make special love relationships with people, we attach ourselves to their body so that when something happens to that person, whether they leave us or they pass away or whatever, then 
we are devastated by that. And pain and suffering and grief and loss all comes with that. Because we think that that person is a body. And this book is clearly even stating for 15 chapters that we're not bodies. And so if you really want to experience perfect love in its true essence, as God gave it to us, you can't attach yourself to people, places, or things. Paragraph four says the special relationship is totally meaningless without a body. If you value it, you must also value the body and what you value, you will keep. The special relationship is a device for limiting yourself to a body and for limiting your perception of others to theirs. Paragraph five says, you see the world you value. On this side of the bridge, you see the world of separate bodies seeking to join each other in separate unions to become one by losing. When two individuals seek to become one, they are trying to decrease their magnitude. Each would deny his power for the separate union excludes the universe. And another thing I want to add here is that we came here as separate entity spirits on a journey with a purpose. If you attach yourself to someone else, you've lost your purpose. You will misplace it because, and theirs, and they'll misplace theirs if they do the same thing with you. Just means another trip back, people. And if that's what you're looking for, then then that, that's what's going to happen. But the reality is that we're here alone. The people that we connect with, not attached to, but connect with, are part of that journey, but they're not that journey. Uh, pair up. Oh, I'm going to keep going. Um, after the universe, it says far more sentence five says far more is left outside than would be taken in for God is left without and nothing, nothing taken in. If one such union were made in perfect faith, the universe would enter into it. Yet the special relationship the ego seeks does not include next page does not include even one whole individual. The ego wants but part of him and sees only this part and nothing else. Paragraph six says, across the bridge, it is so different. For a time, the body is still seen, but not exclusively as it is seen here. The little spark that holds the great rays within, it is also visible. And this spark cannot be limited long to littleness. Once you have crossed the bridge, the value of the body is so diminished in your sight that you will see no need at all to magnify it. For you will realize that the only value the body has is to enable you to bring your brothers to the bridge with you and to be released together there. Um, it's interesting, a number of people come up and said, in reference to the bridge, they're thinking, is that the bridge to the other world? No, in this reference, they mean the bridge to your awareness, to your awakening, to where you stop seeing everybody around you as bodies and you only see them as spiritual beings on a journey like you, some with you on that journey, but not your journey. That's the bridge they're referring to. Paragraph seven says the bridge itself is nothing more than a transition in the perspective of reality. So there it just says, so changing your reality from being seeing this world of attachment to seeing the world of eternity. 
On this side, everything you see is grossly distorted and completely out of perspective. What is little and insignificant is magnified and what is strong and powerful cut down to littleness. In the transition, there is a period of confusion in which a sense of actual disorientation may occur. But fear it not, for it means only that you have been willing to let go your hold on a distorted frame of reference that seems to hold your world together. This frame of reference is built around the special relationship. Without this illusion, there could be no meaning you would seek here, still seek here. Paragraph eight says, fear not that you will be abruptly lifted and hurled into reality. Time is kind. And if you use it on behalf of reality, it will keep gentle pace with you in your transition. The urgency is only in dislodging your mind from its fixed position here. This will not leave you homeless and without a frame of reference. The period of disorientation, which precedes the actual transition, is far shorter than the time it took to fix your mind so firmly on illusions. Paragraph nine at the bottom says, nothing you seek to strengthen in special relationship is really part of you. And you cannot keep part of a thought system that taught you it was real and understand the thought that knows what you are. You have allowed the thought of your reality to enter your mind and because you invited it in, it will abide with you. Your love for it will not allow you to betray yourself and you could not enter into a relationship where it could go to, it could go next page with you for you would not want to be apart from it. Paragraph 11, the new perspective you will gain from crossing over will be the understanding of where heaven is. From this side, it seems to be outside and across the bridge. Yet as you join, as you cross to join in, sorry, to join it, it will join with you and become one with you. And you will think in glad astonishment that for all this, you gave up nothing. The joy of heaven, which has no limit, is increased with each light that returns to take its rightful place within. Wait no longer for the love of God and you, and may the holy instant speed you on the way, as it will surely do if you let, if you but let it come to you. Paragraph 12, the Holy Spirit asks only this little help of you. Whenever your thoughts wander to a special relationship which still attracts you, enter with him into a holy instant and there let him release you. He needs your only your willingness to share his perspective to give it to you completely and your willingness need not be com- complete because his is perfect. Okay, so that is, and I'm, I am kind of struggling, so I'm going to let you know that I will finish chapter 16, and then we'll stop there for tonight, and I will try to pick up the rest later on in the week when my voice improves. I'm just afraid I'm going to stop, I'm going to launch into a coughing fit soon. All right, um, so yeah, so that that I think sort of speaks um, speaks of itself, and I gave you a little bit extra in there. I'm going to continue with the end of illusions 
and the end of illusions takes us out of chapter 16. And then I'll stop there and we'll do chapter 17. I'll just add it on later in the week when my voice is better and I feel a bit better as well. I just didn't want you to think I forgot about you. I definitely did not. Uh, This is on page 347. It is impossible to let the past go without relinquishing the special relationship, for the special relationship is an attempt to reenact the past and change it. Imagine slights, remembered pain, past disappointments, perceived injustices, and deprivations all enter into this special relationship, which becomes a way, next page, in which you seek to restore your wounded self-esteem. Paragraph two, the special relationship takes vengeance on the past by seeking to remove suffering in the past. It overlooks the present presence in its preoccupation with the past and its total commitment to it. Sentence seven says, and who can give you what you think the past deprived you of? The past is nothing. Do not seek to lay the blame of deprivation on it, for the past is gone. You cannot really not let go what has already gone. It must be, therefore, that you th- that you are maintaining the illusion that it has not gone because you think it serves some purpose that you want fulfilled. And it must also be that this purpose could not be fulfilled in the present, but only in the past. Wow, that's a lot. And and I'm going to help you a little bit with that. Again, that's what special relationships do, is that when you put someone on a pedestal and you make them more special than everyone else, then every other relationship gets compared to it. So since we've been doing this a lifetime, <laughs> we do that in all our relationships the ones that we make special is we compare to the, them to the last special relationship that clearly we haven't let go of because we're doing a comparison. And that's what this is basically saying is that when you treat everybody the same and you love everybody the same, there's no loss. There's no comparison. It's just what it is. Paragraph three says, do not underestimate the intensity of the ego's drive for vengeance on the past. It is completely savage and completely insane. Paragraph four says, the past is gone. Seek not to preserve it in the special relationship that binds you to it and would teach you salvation is past. And what would teach you salvation is past. So you would, so you must return to the past to find salvation. There is no fantasy that does not contain the dream of retribution for the past. Would you act out the dream or let it go? Paragraph five, sentence three says, yet the one thing the ego never allows to reach next page awareness is the special relationship is the acting out of vengeance on yourself. Yet what else could it be? In seeking the special relationship, you look not for glory in yourself. You have denied that it is there and the relationship becomes your substitute for it. And and vengeance becomes your substitute for atonement and the escape from vengeance becomes your loss. Wow, that's a big statement. And it, and, and it makes total sense if you read that over and think about it, that a special relationship substitute your value of yourself. Because if you love yourself wholly, completely, without 
any qualms, without any disappointment. And, and you look in the mirror and you say, that person, I love that person. And there's nothing, that person is perfect in their own way. That you'd have no need to put anybody else as more special than you. You would love them the exact same way as you love yourself. And that's what this book is asking you to do. Paragraph six says, against the ego's insane notion of salvation, the Holy Spirit lays the holy instant. Sentence forces in the holy instant, it is understood that the past is gone. And with its passing, the drive for vengeance has been uprooted and has disappeared. The stillness and the peace of now enfold you in perfect gentleness. Everything is gone except the truth. I'm going to add another thing, knowing that we're ending shorter this week, I'm going to add another thing. That's why the holy instant is so important is because in the holy instant, you have no thoughts. That's why the past is gone. So is the future because your mind is blank. It's a total blank slate. And in that moment, it's so joyous and peaceful. That's where you can start to see what is real in terms of what is reality, what is eternity. And that's why the holy instant is an important place to find. Paragraph seven, sentence three, in the holy instant, the power of the Holy Spirit will prevail because you joined him. The illusions you bring with you will weaken the experience of him for a while and will prevent you from keeping the experience in your mind. Yet the holy instant is eternal and and your illusions of time will not prevent the timeless from being what it is, nor you from experiencing it, it as it is. Paragraph nine says, there is nothing you can hold against reality. All that must be forgiven are the illusions you have held against your brothers. Their reality has no past and only illusions can be forgiven. God holds nothing against anyone for he is incapable of illusions of any kind. Release your brother from the slavery of their illusions by forgiving them for the illusions you perceive in them. Thus will you learn that you have been forgiven, for it is you, next page, which is page 350, who offered them illusions. In the holy instance, this is done for you in time to bring you the true condition of heaven. Paragraph 11, seek and find his message in the holy instant where all the illusions are forgiven. For there, the miracle extends to bless everyone and to resolve all problems. Be they perceived as great or small, possible or impossible. Sentence five at the bottom of that sentence says, Praise be to your relationship with him and to no other. The truth lies there and nowhere else. This, you choose this or nothing. And paragraph 12 says this. It's kind of, it's a prayer. (laughs) Forgive us our illusions, Father, and help us to accept our true relationship with you in which there are no illusions and where none can even enter, ever enter. Our holiness is yours. What can there be in us that needs forgiveness when yours is perfect? 
The sleep of forgetfulness is only for unwillingness to remember your forgiveness and your love. Let us not wander into temptation, for the temptation of the Son of God is not your will. And let us receive only what you have given and accept but this into the minds which you created and which you love. Amen. All right, we're going to stop there. You can see I'm struggling, or sorry, here I'm struggling. So I am going to end it here next week. Sorry, two weeks. Actually, no, later on in this week, I will continue with part of chapter 17. I'll give that uh, to you uh, by the end of the week. Uh, I'll do like the first four sections of um, chapter 17 and then continue with chapter 17 two weeks from then. All right. My online book club is on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If anyone is interested in joining, please contact me by email. There is no cost and I'd love to have anybody join who wishes to join. I want to say hello once again to all of you who listen in and it is my hope that this podcast helps you to understand this book better. Thanks for listening. I can be contacted by email at trifecta now three at gmail.com. If you'd like to ask a question, share a comment, or say hello. Keep sharing the love. Remember, this is our journey. Let us together find our way. Live in this moment. It's the only one that truly matters. Always love. Denise.